My name is Mindy Peterson. I'm with Enhanced Life with Music, the podcast where we explore the holistic power of music in our everyday lives through the lens of science and health, sports and entertainment, business and education. I'm co-hosting today's crossover episode with my friends at Arts for the Health of It. Yay. Yay. <laughs> and I'm uh, Richard Wilmore, one of the hosts of Arts for the Health of It. And I'm Constanza Reuter. I'm the other host. The three of us are passionate about the power of music and the arts to enhance lives. And we're excited about this opportunity to join forces on this episode that will be released in both of our podcast feeds. We'll be weaving our two worlds together for the next half hour, and hopefully we'll create something for our listeners that is greater than the sum of its parts. Richard and Stanzi, our podcasts and areas of passion definitely overlap and intersect when it comes to the power of music to positively affect our state of health and well-being. You certainly do more of a deep dive into the realm of health and wellness than I do. And you take a look not only at music, but all of the arts. Sansi, I know you had a pretty powerful personal encounter with arts and health that launched your passion for what you do with your nonprofit and this podcast. Can you tell us about that background and experience and then also tell us how Richard came to join the team? Ah, uh, yes, of course. Yeah. So I am a leukemia survivor. I had leukemia when I was in high school and the arts were a really important part of how I coped with that serious illness in my life and how I recovered after treatment. Um, I had two and a half years of chemotherapy. Um, so it was a significant part of my adolescence. Um, and there's a lot to process after that. And the arts are this amazing technology that humans have had throughout history to help us process our experiences and return to equilibrium and um, express things that are kind of maybe unexpressible and and just standard language. Um, So that was a really important experience for me as a young person. And then when I moved from California, where I grew up to San Antonio, Texas, I started volunteering on an adult oncology unit. And I'd never been in an adult hospital before. I'd only ever been in pediatric hospitals where there were activities and arts and all kinds of supportive services. And that just wasn't how it was on the adult side. It was rather shocking. And I knew that healthcare didn't have to look like that. And I knew that we also don't magically become different species when we turn 18 and we no longer need beauty and comfort and support and companionship and all those all those things that have major effects on patient outcomes the environment that we put people in when they're ill should be an environment that uplifts the whole person that isn't just dealing with disease, but is looking holistically and uplifting the person holistically for the best outcomes. So it just started with me singing for patients. I studied music in school, so that's what I knew how to do. And it grew from there. And eventually I started the organization um, Hearts Need Art Creative Support for Patients and Caregivers as a nonprofit here in San Antonio, Texas. And uh, we hired our first visual artist a couple months later, and we've just grown from there. And now we come into healthcare spaces and provide um, bedside music, even music 
artistic lessons in certain cases. We do visual arts that includes like window painting where they can pers- patients can personalize their space. We do writing interventions and we actually we also do a lot of um, support for healthcare staff right now. So, which is really needed if you've been paying attention to the last two years, you know that healthcare staff are really burned out and need a lot of support and the arts actually help with that. So, um, so yeah, it's been quite the journey and we would not be where we are today without Richard. (laughs) Richard (laughs) found me at a time when I was trying to do everything myself. I'll let Richard take it from there. (laughs) I think she's still trying to do it all by herself, but she now has a small little team. I was the kid. My dad got really sick with cancer for the first time when I was in second grade. And as a second grader, I thought one day I'm going to be famous and I'm going to start a cancer charity. Like that was my goal as whatever, (laughs) however old you are in second grade. And I never got famous and I never started a cancer charity, but I had moved to San Antonio about six months before I met Stanzi. I was going through a divorce and I thought, you know what? I'm going to take myself on the date. I need the arts. And I didn't know anything about arts and health at the time. And I thought I need to like make myself happy. And so I went to a theater and someone at the theater said, I want to introduce you to someone. And Stanzi was there with a little table and this little cardboard sign that she made by herself. And it was like, and I'm like, what is this woman doing? And um, she told me all about Hearts Need Art. And I thought, oh my gosh, one, I didn't know what arts and health was. And two, I wish my parents had access to stuff like this. My dad has spent probably years altogether in hospitals and for him to be able to have something like this and me and my brothers and I as children going through that I wish we had access to something like that to bond with our parents during a time like that so I just started volunteering I didn't know what to do so I just started volunteering because I could tell that um (laughs) she needed needed help help. (laughs) and the more I just kept like I didn't have a job at the time I just moved here so I was like just keep giving me more and more stuff and at one point Sansi was like I don't think this is volunteering anymore like I think you're working more hours than I am I think we need to start paying you and so I became the first full-time employee at Arts Need Art in 2018 that's awesome I just love hearing people's stories and how they came to their passions and how they're applying those into in your case making the world a better place which Mm -hmm. hopefully all of us can do in some way shape or form yeah and Sansi when you were talking some of the things that really resonated with me were what you were saying about the holistic approach that you experienced with the pediatric care that you got and Mm -hmm. just the disconnect between that and what you observed in the adult Mm -hmm. care that's really intriguing and there are so many parts to us as humans and to neglect something so important as that artistic part of us, you know, it's it's really kind of like neglecting the spiritual and neglecting the soul of who we are. And we're so much more than just our physical bodies. And those other aspects of us contribute to the physical health of our mm. physical bodies. I have a great little story about that. One of our patients and one of my patients that I worked with for a long time, they weren't able to get her cancer into remission. And before she went home on hospice, she brought me in her room and she really charged me to do more. This is before I'd even started Heart Need Art. And uh, this was someone who like, before I met her, when I first met her, she was like, oh, I'm not an artist. I'm not a 
I don't really even like music. And then she like, but then she was like, oh, you can sing for me. Anyway, and just became a, it became a, a real source of comfort for her through the months that she was in the hospital. And she really charged me with like, you, we need more of this. Like, it's nice that you're here once a week, but we need this every day and we need art and we need um, writing. We need different things that we can do so we can get out of our rooms and out of our isolation and, and connect and express what we're going through. And she said something really telling. She's like, they really put us through hell when we're in here and we need to remember the reasons why we're alive as much mm. as we need the things that are keeping us alive. Wow. Um, and that was, I feel like <laughs> that was a profound moment in my life, how she articulated that. It was so true. And then how do you, <laughs> how do you argue <laughs> with that? Yeah. So I was like, okay, fine. I guess I'll, <laughs> I'll start an organization and change my life. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that is powerful. When you, and yeah. you, you mentioned something too earlier about returning to equilibrium. And mm-hmm. there is something about that homeostasis that there, there's so many factors that feed into that, that you can't, they're, they're non-tangibles. You can't put a finger on it, but it, it's so crucial to bringing about homeostasis in our life and our healing and our purpose for wanting to stay alive, our quality of life. Yeah. That word equilibrium is from Ellen Dysoniak. She's an ethnologist that studies arts role in culture throughout history and across cultures. And she defines the arts as activities that help humans return to emotional and social equilibrium. Oh, I love that. Yeah. (laughs) There's this communal part of it that's so important. And then there's this emotional, spiritual part of it at the individual level that's so vital. I need to get that quote. I'm going to pull that out at some point. <laughs> she's awesome. <laughs> she awesome. has an amazing, an amazing work that she's done. But I think, but I, we want to hear, I know our listeners want to hear more about you. I think Richard sure. has some questions. Yeah. For you. Mindy, your focus is really on the art of music specifically, but not right. just its relationship to health. You right. explore the holistic power of music in science and health, but also in sports and entertainment and business and education. Can you tell us more about your passion for music's life enhancing effect on all the different facets of our lives? Sure. Yeah, I'd love to. Well, I can tell you too a little bit about the story of how my podcast came to be and just my passion behind that. I've been a piano teacher since 1991. And so I've had these years and decades of teaching piano and being involved in the music world and the music community. And one thing I've constantly been amazed by and drawn to are the constant articles that I see in the news, research studies on the power of music. And I'm a huge Mm. believer in that. And it's always exciting to see some of those articles and studies that prove that power of music. And I'm talking about studies that talk about the effect of music training and music making on the brain development of children, the effect of those same activities on the successful aging of the brain and outsmarting Mm -hmm. Alzheimer's. Uh, music is what enabled Gabby Giffords to relearn how to speak after the shooting that she survived. Music has a powerful effect on our athletic performance. It's been called the legal doping because <laughs> it can it can enhance our athletic performance up to 15%. So studies like that have always just really intrigued me and caught my attention. I've always thought, why don't we hear more about, I mean, these are really powerful scientific studies and why don't we hear more about this? Mm. So when I discovered podcasts, 
in general, I was immediately hooked and fell in love with them. And so I started thinking, I need to find a podcast that shines a spotlight on this power of music and the power of music, not only on the lives of musicians or those of us who consider ourselves to be musicians, but its impact on people who don't consider themselves musicians either. So for example, imagine going to watch a movie and there's no music or Mm -hmm. watching a commercial And there's no music. I mean, music is all around us, whether we consider ourselves musicians or not. Unless you're in a hospital. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, imagine going to a baseball game or a hockey game and no organ music. You know, it's just, it's everywhere and it affects our lives. It's a soundtrack of our lives. It's used in marketing. When you go to a restaurant, the music is or should be intentionally chosen to either keep you there longer and have you eat slower and spend more. Or if you're in a fast food restaurant to turn the tables and get you in and out of there quicker. So all of those aspects of music and how it, it, I guess it's relevance to our lives and it's prevalence. It's everywhere Mm. have always intrigued me. And so I set out to find a podcast that really shined the spotlight on those different facets of music and I I couldn't find it. So I ended up starting it and my kind of my goal and my mission with Enhanced Life with Music podcast is twofold. One, I really do believe in the power of music to change the world and enhance life. So I kind of feel like it's a bit of a community service because there's so much available to us through the power of music to make life better. And I want people to know about that and take advantage of it and utilize that. A second sort of mission and goal for me is maybe not quite as altruistic. And that is, I feel like the biggest job security for us as musicians and music educators is for our community to know and understand Mm. the value of music and our shared human journey. Because if, if our communities understand that power and that value, they're going to want to invest in musical experiences and music training, music education. So I kind of feel like it's a service to musicians everywhere too. Like if people understand the amazing powers of music, they're going to want to invest in it. Mm. Mm. Well said. Hey there. My name is Dr. Garrett Hope. I am a composer, coach, podcaster, and speaker. I've been focused on building my music business since 2014 and helping others build theirs since 2015. I want to tell you about the second annual Ultimate Music Business Summit we are organizing. It'll take place early January of 2022. There will be dozens of presentations with highly actionable content, all of it available to you so you can start your business, grow your business, and ultimately make more money. Because here's the deal. Unless you earn all of your income from an employer, you are a self-employed small business owner. And if you want to do more than survive, if you want to grow your audience, or if you want to impact more people, you have to think and act like a business owner. And that means this summit is for you. This summit will give you real world, not theoretical strategies you can implement immediately. You don't need to be stuck with fear or living in your failures. I promise you, With all the teachers lined up, you will get something you've never thought of before. Even though building a business is hard, no one is promising it's easy. It is possible. You just need the right tools and strategies. Tickets for this virtual event will go on sale soon. To be the first in line and to get more information about the summit, presenters, and more, go to musicsummit.biz. That's musicsummit.biz. 
and add your email to the list. I'd love to get your input on what's going on right now in the world of arts, especially music, but in the worlds of art in general and health, because that's your world. And Mm. that's something that I'm interested in. My listeners are interested in it. So are there any trends that you are you're seeing? I feel like with what I'm hearing, there's much more just increasing openness to pulling arts and music into the healing experience and the medical experience. But I'm interested in hearing your perspective on that. And you're, you're much more tapped into that world mm-hmm. than I am. What are you seeing in terms of that and just trends in general? Sure. Well, there's certainly a groundswell of arts and health moving in our country. Even since I started the organization five years ago, there's, I mean, I feel like new ones are popping up all the time. And it's really exciting to go from having no one to talk to about how to start an arts and health program. I eventually found people, but they weren't near me. (laughs) And now, you know, there's, there's starting to be more pop up um, all around, which is really exciting. And there's so much going on in the field. And there's so many different ways it's being applied in very intentional ways. Obviously, in healthcare settings, there's a lot happening in healthcare. There's also applications in healthcare education. So in medical schools, there's this increase in awareness about humanities, that we actually need doctors who understand humans and human nature as much as they need like the science and the medical backgrounds, Mm -hmm. they also need to understand people. And so medical schools are starting to use the arts in their humanities training for um, medical professionals to teach them observation skills, empathy, having tools for their own creative expression to mitigate burnout. Burnout's a really big issue in medical school and then after medical school. So medical education is another big place. Community health is another, it's an emerging field right now where there's a lot of it happening, but they're starting to do more research around it. And that would be things like, um, like we've had several people on our podcast on arts for the health of it that are doing arts for community health, even though that's not what they're calling it, but they're, using arts, for example, with inner city kids to help them. Like there's this one group in um, California, they use dance as a vehicle to kind of provide wraparound services for underprivileged girls. And they follow them all the way through, like they enter when they're in grade school and they go all the way through graduation and they have a hundred percent graduation rate where the kids go graduate from high school and go on to college. Um, and they do it through dance. Like that's the way that they build community and provide wraparound services for people in their communities. So there's really innovative things happening in the field and really cool research. There's new things coming, new um, partnerships, even within our government. So the National Institute of Health recently partnered with the National Endowment for the Arts to create the Sound Health Network, which is specifically highlighting research and trying to fund research around the health impact of music specifically. And that's kind of a groundbreaking, you know, um, connection. They've the National Endowment of the Arts has partnered with other branches as well, specifically the Department of Defense, to support veterans. So there's a whole program called Creative Forces, and they're helping veterans recover from PTSD and trauma recovery. So actually, a lot of a lot of arts and health that's happening in the United States is happening in metal, in military communities, which I think people might be surprised to to hear. Anyway, I could go on and on and on. 
we just <laughs> we just went to the conference for the National Organization for Arts and Health and heard all kinds of amazing presentations for groups around the country that are doing cool stuff. That's awesome. It's so exciting and encouraging to hear what's happening, especially when you're talking about what's going on with healthcare education, because that's our next generation of healthcare providers. So if they're yep. tuned into the importance of those intangibles and just the I guess in the past, we've referred to it as bedside manner, but it's so much more than that. One thing about the arts, including music, is it has this powerful ability to bond humans. Mm. And there's research behind that, too, in terms of the oxytocin that's, that's created in our systems when we're making music together. But that's one of those things that you just can't overlook the power that one of those intangible powers that music and the arts have. So great to hear about our next generation being yeah. uh, having that included in their education. And I feel like it's one of those, like I said, I had never heard the term before. I had never knew what it was, but we now have like, I mean, I hear it every day a gazillion times a day and I'm like shocked that people don't know it now, but then <laughs> it's also like starting to become, there was just that what, like 60 minute 2020 Lady Gaga and Tony Bennett are talking about it mm. now. Like it's starting to become a thing that's not necessarily everyday speech, but that people are starting to realize like, oh, there is a connection. I'm not just waking up and turning on my favorite song in the morning to get ready just for the fun of it. Or I go to the gym and it's the loudest music I can find. (laughs) You know, I'm not listening to like Mozart on my way to the gym. I'm listening to whatever to get me like excited. And so to have a better workout, like you were talking about, it's very interesting that kind of the slow trickle of people starting to talk about it. And I don't know if that's just because I'm in the world now where I'm like hearing it or Uh if it's actually maybe becoming something outside of the bubble. Well, for my listeners and your listeners too, for that matter, if you have listeners who are interested in learning more about arts and health, or music and health? Are there certain resources in addition to your podcast and your website, which I know there's a lot on there, but mm-hmm. are there are there resources that you often are recommending to people that mm-hmm. people who want to dig into that topic more? <laughs> you want to go down the rabbit hole. There are places <laughs> I can send you. I am your Mad Hatter. Welcome. <laughs> to, um, Tell yes. us a few of your top ones. And then I seriously, <laughs> I would love to have your list. And I'll put it in the show notes for this episode on my feed. But yeah, I'm all about these resources and lists. So tell me, tell me your top ones. Sure. The two primary ones that are kind of like good gateways in is the website for the National Organization for Arts and Health, which is the NOAA.net. They have a resource page on there. They have white papers that they've published. They have links to research lists and things. They have a link to like the World Health Report, which a couple years ago released um, a scoping review of arts and health happening around the world and the different mm-hmm. ways it's applied and the impact and all that. It's a really cool report. And then there's another great resource through the Center for Arts and Medicine at the University of Florida. And they have a whole research database that they keep up to date. They actually do a really, they do an amazing job (laughs) keeping that database up to date. And it's like, pages and pages and pages and pages of of arts and health research. And you can search the database by keyword terms. So like, how is it applied in cancer, Alzheimer's, 
elder care, children, like you can do different keywords. You can look Mm -hmm. for music, visual arts, writing. And so that's a really great database that I recommend for people that want to go down that rabbit hole. Awesome. Also, Google alerts are really fun. That's what I, I'm very overwhelmed by all of the research nerdy stuff that Stanzi loves. Like, (laughs) so I have an email, like multiple emails once a day that come in with certain keywords that then I go through one research and two, like who's out there doing the work. Like Mm. That's where we find a lot of our guests for this podcast are through articles that I find that I'm like, oh my gosh, this person in wherever is doing this amazing thing. And I want to talk to them about it. So if you don't want to be overwhelmed by pages after pages after pages, just try Google. Yeah. (laughs) Mindy, I have a question for you. Where, like, I sometimes hate this question because I'm the person who does something and then forgets what I just did. But (laughs) how long have you been doing your podcast? And tell us, like, the types of people you have been talking to and if... There are some, I'm sure, that stick out in your mind of episodes that have maybe changed you in some way. Mm, yeah. Or that you've learned from. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Well, I learned from all of them for of sure. Uh, in terms of the type of people that I talk to, my podcast is not niche at all. So it's a little bit all over the place in terms of pretty much any topic that's talking about how does music affect our lives every day and also how can it make music or how can music make life better so I kind of on my website once I got to 100 episodes I was like okay I need to like categorize these a little bit more because it's a little overwhelming for people just to go see this huge list that's so holistic, but not necessarily organized so much. So I did, I did kind of categorize them into four different categories. One is science and health. One is sports and entertainment. One is education and community. And then the fourth one is business. Cause mm-hmm. there are some really unique, really effective business applications of music too. And I also in that category are things like how is music being used in marketing? If I go into a store and there or a restaurant and there's music playing, what's it trying to do to me? Like, how is it trying to manipulate my buying? I find that really fascinating. In terms of specific guests or episodes that have really sort of changed me or really caught my attention, one that will always stand out in my memory is with Richard Casper. Uh, Creative Vets is the organization, the nonprofit Mm -hmm. that he started. And he's a veteran from the Iraq war. He came back with PTS. He had closed head injuries from explosions there, lost his best friend to an explosion and came back and just was really in a downward spiral. And his story is one that just really caught my attention and was really powerful and really moving. And I was just so inspired with how he's sort of redeemed the suffering and the trauma and the depression that he experienced to transform life for other people through this creative vets organization. So what he does is he works with veterans and also professional singer songwriters in Nashville. Then they bring veterans into Nashville to meet with these professional singer songwriters to create a song. 
it's one of those things like who's going to turn down a opportunity for an all expenses paid trip to go to Nashville and meet with these famous singer songwriters and sometimes artists too. And so they have these events where they'll talk enough about the vet's experience to create a song together with them. And it's just been this powerful way for the veteran to share their experience sort of with metaphor without having to get into the graphic details of what they experience, because a lot of times they don't want to do that. And it's been a really powerful way for them to share their story in a way that they haven't been able to before, even with their closest friends and family. There's been family members who have said, this is the most we've ever been able to experience what they experience and enter into it and hear their story is through the song. And so that I can't do his story near justice what he can, but that was one of those episodes that just really touched me. And I thought, wow, this is the epitome of making the world a better place through Mm. music is what he's doing. So that was really powerful. One other episode and guest that really comes to my mind is Steve Seiler, he has a story about the power of music because of how melody and words are processed in two different parts of the brain. You can read words, you can have words spoken to you, and they don't really sink in and impact you the same way they do when you hear those same words as lyrics in a song. Because when those words are combined with melody, you're working with both sides of the brain. And it just allows you to process and integrate those truths in a way that you're not able to just by reading them on a page or having someone say them to you. And with his light bulb moment, it came through an event that was for survivors of trauma. And he was told going in, these are people who have survived traumatic events. So just a heads up, they don't want to be touched, you know, don't go up and give them a hug or, you know, something like that. And after he performed this song that was written about and by and for survivors of violence, the women in this event were just lined up to give him a hug and Mm -hmm. telling him the words of this song are words that our loved ones have been telling us for years. And we've heard them, but they just haven't sunk in the way they did when we just heard them in this song. And it was just a really powerful story. And again, I'm not doing his story near justice. You'll have to listen to the episode, but those were two episodes and guests that really stand out in my memory. Mm, Beautiful. That's so cool. And is Richard Casper the guy who collaborated with President Bush on the the portraits? um, Yeah, portraits. Yes. And he was given an award by Bush. Um, It may have been the Bush Library Foundation or something like that. I don't remember the specifics, but yes. That's so cool. I'm definitely gonna have to look up that episode. Yeah. And and his organization is really cool and to follow on social media too, because they it's it's a great way to stay up to date on what they're doing and the the results and the fundraisers that you can participate in to support them, the artwork. In fact, you'd you'd enjoy that because they do not just music, but they do mm-hmm. a lot with the arts in general. So sculpting and visual arts, things like that. So Instagram. They have a really great account where they're showing all of the artwork that their participants are creating. So that's fun to see. So cool. Do you have um, resources that people should know about? 
and check oh, out? Oh, well, since my podcast is a little more all over the place, I guess I can't point to just one, but I would say if people go to the to to my website under the podcast tab, there's an archives tab and there you can see all the episodes and you can see the groupings, those four groupings that I mentioned, because people tend to be more or less interested in one over the other. So for example, if you have listeners who are like, I really want to stick with the health aspect, health and well-being medicine, go to the science and health tab and just look at those topics and see what catches your eye. Or if you're more into sports and entertainment, Go to that tab and just see what catches your eye. And I do have pretty thorough show notes for all of these episodes. So whichever episode and topic catches your eye, just go to those show notes and there will be resources there. I'm also stealing your idea to categorize them. (laughs) We're getting to that point of... Yeah, quite the library of episodes. <laughs> yeah, well, I yeah, I'm I'm sort of an organization nerd, so that's that's just right up my alley. <laughs> you love a good spreadsheet. Oh, I do. Yeah, uh, <laughs> my idea of like if I just need therapy on a on a like Friday night and I have nothing going on, I will organize my cupboards. <laughs> that's the nerd that I am when it comes to organization. <laughs> the world needs people like that. The world needs I know, nerds I like that, right? I love a good color-coded closet. I can tell you that. <laughs> Who um would be your dream guest for all of us here on the on the podcast? Oh boy. Oh, that means I have Pro- to think of an answer. Yeah. 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 Because you're next. Um, my dream podcast guest would probably be Michael Franti. He is a He's sort of the epitome of somebody who's using music to make the world a better place. And it's it's his music, it's his lyrics, it's what he does to what he lends his his name to. He does a lot of pro bono volunteer stuff. He's just someone who walks the walk and talks the talk, you know? So mm. he's someone I would love to talk to about just the power of music to make the world a better place. He's a cool guy. And I love his music. Nice. <laughs> he, he's also a really great person to follow on social media because he does a ton of connecting with fans on there. He does. He did a ton of streaming concerts during lockdown and just a really great way to keep tabs on what he's up to. So have you reached out to him? I have. I oh. have. Yep. He's been too busy. <laughs> Understandable. But we have a <laughs> surprise. He's yeah, here he's in the green room. Though. No, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> One of these days, though, I'll, I hope I can have him on as a guest. <laughs> Richard, what's yours? We'll tag him in all of these. Uh, so he Thank can, you. <laughs> so um, <sighs> Do you need another minute? I need, feel like I, yes. <laughs> I have two and I have to figure out which one I want to talk about more. All right. I'll go first. Maybe mine's one of them and then. Maybe, anyway. They won't be. Maybe, Probably not. <laughs> um. I feel like this is like what so many podcasters would say, but I feel like there really genuinely is a lot of overlap with um, Brene Brown's work. Mm-hmm. And she's just down the street at Houston. Brene, if you want to be on Road our trip. podcast, <laughs> you know, she, you know, her work on vulnerability and creativity is just right up in there of kind of articulating why our hearts need art and like why some of the roadblocks that we hit in creating art. Um, so I would love for her to be on, on the podcast and to pick her brain about, um, 
kind of that intersection of arts and health and, you know, maybe invite her to be a stronger advocate specifically on that topic. So sure. And you reached out to her? We have. She also has been busy with her podcast, but they did actually respond like real person. (laughs) It wasn't just like a a form response, which was kind of nice. So, Oh, good. Yeah. Well, she has the podcast and books and she has so much. We'll go on her podcast too. It'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) We'll allow it if she lets us. Um, Mine would probably, which is weird that Stanzi didn't come up with this, but I feel like this is my answer for every dream guest would be, and then I'll explain it would be Rosie O'Donnell, of course. Of course. Um, she introduced me to the arts, which helped probably save my life and introduced me to Broadway and theater. And uh, she has used the arts to save her own life and has started uh, the Marvel Arts Center for Underprivileged Children and does a ton of arts and health work and may or may not even know it. So she should come on and we can tell her. <laughs> and do a little sometimes, crap segment sometimes that's the best is when people don't even realize what they're doing with the arts yeah. and we see it and it's fun to just put the spotlight on that like hey mm-hmm. this is this is the arts that we're talking about and awesome. you don't have to have a degree in art or a degree in music or 30 years of experience playing music to take advantage of that it's very true and i will just say quickly for your this is specifically related to visual arts, but applies to creativity in general. There's some studies that have been done measuring cortisol levels before and after active art making and people actively engaging in creativity. Um, and this one specifically was visual arts. And they found a significant lower cortisol level in participants after 45 minutes of art making. But they found that there was not a significant difference between people who had a lot of experience making art and people who were brand new to making art, that they mm. each experienced those health benefits. So giving yourself permission to do those things that are creative and expressive. I feel like I say this message a lot in other podcasts that I'm on, but we all need to reclaim the healing power of our own creativity because it's been stamped down by so many. And Mindy, you're an arts educator, so you probably see this of, you know, I'm a voice teacher. So I have students that come to me that have been told that they're tone deaf or they can't sing or, you know, fill in the blank. And patients that we work with are always like, I'm not an artist. I can't draw. I can't whatever. Fill in the blank. And they always have a story of wounding around their creativity. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you're one of those people that's sitting here and saying like, oh, well, I'm not an artist. I'm not fill in the blank. Maybe think about why you believe that and what you might need to do to move past that because the arts are too important. I believe it's Leonard Bernstein. His Is it his quote that <laughs> music like sex is too important to be left to the professionals. <laughs> it's we can edit that, that out of your podcast, Mindy, if you need me to. <laughs> no, you can leave but, it in. <laughs> but it, it is. It's so central. It's so essential to human thriving as individuals and as communities, and especially coming out of this time when we've been so isolated from each other and so separated from art, especially communal artistic expression, that we need the arts now more than ever. We need to go to concerts together. We need to dance together. We need to create together. We need to share our stories with each other because we have to. We have to in order to come back to each other and stop tearing each other apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the greatest powers that the arts have. And you mentioned it in earlier, Mindy, is it, it's a shortcut to human connection. And that's mm-hmm. really what it's all about. Love that. I'm so glad we connected, Mindy. I don't really remember how we did it, 
but um, <laughs> I'm glad we did. And then I took a trip and got to meet you in real life. <laughs> right. And, um, the rest is history. How can people follow you and connect with you and your podcast? Yeah, my website is a great place to go. It has all the links there. mpetersonmusic.com slash podcast. So if you go there, all the information on the podcast is there and also all my social handles. I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. So all of those I'm on regularly and are great places to connect with me. You can also email me too, which my email is on my website. Cool. And what about you? Where's the best place to connect with you? We're anywhere. We're same thing. Usually <laughs> same the, one of the two of us is answering your email <laughs> or Instagram message. Um, <laughs> you can go to heartsmeetart.org and that will be the great place to find everything you'll need to get a hold of us. Awesome. So make sure you're subscribing to both of our podcasts mm-hmm. and uh, listening every week. And we appreciate Mindy, you being on here and for allowing us into your world and um, say hello to all your listeners for us. Thanks so much to Constanza and Richard for collaborating on this crossover episode. It was so fun to mix up the format a bit and to get to know them and their work a little more and introduce you to their goldmine of resources specific to music and the arts and healing. If you have a story of music enhancing the healing process, I would love to hear about it. You can reach me on email, mindy at mpetersonmusic.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn. As always, all these links and links from today's show and also a transcript of this episode can be found in the show notes at mpetersonmusic.com slash podcast. This is episode 115. All links are also in the episode details right in your podcast app. Thank you so much for joining me today. Until next time, may your life be enhanced with music.